Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Uses Better podcast, powered by Hobbs. It's our last one before Christmas, so first I wish everybody a happy Christmas. Um, and today I am joined by Nancy Howell of Mace. So I'm going to ask Nancy just to introduce herself. Certainly. Hi, Dave. Very pleased to be here and Happy New Year to everyone. Welcome to 2023. Um, my name is Nancy Howell. I am a bid manager over at MACE. So I have been at MACE for about six and a half years. I joined as a bid coordinator. Um, before that, I worked for a small construction company in Essex as a bid coordinator. Um, and so I've just spent the last few years working primarily in infrastructure consult bids. So lots of aviation, rail, utilities, defense, nuclear, that sort of thing. Um, and uh yeah that's me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's great it's great, it's great um so yeah so today we're going to talk about change and how change is important to companies and why we need change and how we get people to buy into change and we've all the whole we've sorry get my words in we've all the adage that change is bad and that seems to be um something throughout business where we try and drive change and everybody goes oh no no we can't do that can't do that can't do that so i'm interested and i'm sure the people who listen to podcasts are interested in actually how do we get change into a company um and then use that to drive for the good yeah. so yeah. the first thing i'll ask you which is going to sound absolutely bizarre but what is change do you know that's a really great question dave and um, uh you're gonna i believe change is identifying a problem coming up together with a solution and then trying to drive kind of a better way of doing things um i think it's it doesn't have to be a huge sweeping let's take the whole whole bid team throw it in the bin and start all over again it can be a small thing but i think it's learning from uh what you're currently doing identifying an issue and um being better Good. So, all right. So, leads on to the next question is, how do we do this? So, I mean, you know, we, we can all sit. You know, we've all sat there on the coffee machine. We've all sat there in a meeting and gone, mm -hmm. "We really shouldn't be doing it this way." Yeah. So, or even uh, worse, why does this always happen? Exactly. And you know, we've all been sat in rooms, we've all been sat in meetings where we're going, um, you know why you know why are we doing this and you the, the, i think the great thing you hear back off that is always well that's the way we've always done it um which mm -hmm. i suppose in some respects is especially if you're winning a sign that you're doing something good yeah. um but in other respects it's it's changing culture it's changing the way people behave so yeah. let, let, let's, let's hypothesize hypothesize um <laughs> i can't speak to that honestly i've not been on the christmas wine um so you've got an idea yeah okay. so how do i or you or anybody else get this idea and go actually how do we turn into a proposal how do we bring it to life what do we do how do we actually how do we start the ball rolling on that yeah well, and i think that that is um 
such a big question that it's sort of um, difficult to uh, break down. But I know what I've done in the past because I've yeah. not, I haven't uh, changed. I haven't turned, taken a whole big team and chucked it in the bin and started all over again. But I have introduced small changes um, within um, the company I work for over the years. So I've led change but I've also been part of change so um one of the things that I did was I um I came up with an idea not terribly revolutionary I'm sure that lots of companies do this but uh for me it was <laughs> I'd never heard of this being done before of um training um the wider business uh in bidding and so I kind of approached my manager and talked to them and came up with this uh training program and now I've delivered um training on uh, the MACE bid process and how to be a better bidder to about, oh gosh, about 350 MACE employees and also a couple of people outside of our organization, not loads, but a couple. Yeah. It's worth mentioning to big myself up. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the way that I made this happen was, um, it was, it was, it was quite well it was quite straightforward the idea came to me because i thought about a problem that we had i was sitting there like you said um around the around the coffee machine going why does this keep happening i'm so frustrated um and someone said yeah if only people within the wider business knew more about bidding and a little light bulb went off over my head and i came up with this idea but i it turned into a reality because um, I took a few things kind of to heart when I was um, developing the idea. One was um, I got statistics to back me up. So when I realized that there was a problem, I went and I looked at how many bids we won when we had um, bid team support and how many bids we won when we didn't have any bid team support, yeah. the wider business uh, when they were working without a bid team. And I saw the difference in numbers and I said, wow, having the bid team present helps obviously, but also perhaps if these guys knew more just about bidding in general, that could also be helpful. So I had some statistics some facts to back up what I was saying, because everyone can identify a problem, but the cause of a problem you kind of you do need those statistics to reinforce what you're saying when mm. you present that idea i also um i did a little questionnaire this is so silly because it was very formal of me <laughs> but i went and i found as many people as so stakeholders within the wider business who i'd worked with on recent bids and i literally said if you can fill out this questionnaire it takes five minutes please do and i made them fill out a little questionnaire where they basically had to tick a box to say yes i'd be interested to get bid training yes i think it would be interesting to learn more about bidding and then sort of tell me about a few topics i think i only had 10 people fill it out yeah. but it was statistics. I was able to say a hundred percent of people, <laughs> which I, out of ten, it's a very small sample size, but it legitimised what I was doing. And um, and I also, when I was talking to um, the head of my department, I had a really clear plan about how I'd manage it, how I'd. Um, what it, what it would be about, what the point was. I did a little PowerPoint presentation. At the end of it, she said, you were very prepared. I, I over-prepared. <laughs> that was my first. Such a thing? Yeah, I was really keen. It was my first bit of change. The other things I've done since then that have implemented change, I haven't quite so prepared, but I definitely, it was really fun to put mm. together, but um, it was, I didn't leave any room for, um, criticism that people might have. I was determined that everyone was gonna hear about my idea and go, 
oh yeah, she's covered everything. Fair enough. Yeah. So I mean, just picking up a couple of points that you you raised there. Yeah. I mean, the, the first one is is that you know we're not talking about um, you know sort of global change across the whole industry and the whole way we're working. I suppose the easiest way to get change across to people is baby steps. It's small. So those yeah. four, three, three, four, five percent incremental. You know ways we work that 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 sort of little bit of percentage sort of you know just tweaking one little element of it can right. actually give you such a huge um advantage and, oh, and, and yeah. drive that huge change yeah absolutely and i think that um little actions can have quite widespread um influences mm. little things like um uh uh, the particular review process, let's say. Uh, if you have a particular review process and then you joint venture with another company and they witness how you do it and they think, oh, I liked the way that worked, or someone leaves your company and goes to another company um, and goes, oh, uh, at my old place, we actually had this um, process in place where um, for capturing um, added value on projects that I think we should introduce here, change is done in small amounts, but it doesn't take long for good ideas to spread. Bad ideas don't necessarily, well, actually bad ideas sometimes spread <laughs> as well, but um, good ideas spread quickly. The moment someone witnesses something cool that another organization does, they kind of, they want to get in on that too. And that's yeah. great. So when you when you did that, that sort of, that initial change process that you did, yeah. I'm presuming that you sort of, you know, did you go to your boss and say, I want to talk to you about this? Did you give them a a proposal or a or a document or something like that that you can actually read first and then do it? Do you know, or... I didn't the first time, but uh, with that particular training program, but I'm currently in the process of introducing some change uh, with a lessons learned forum, uh, which uh, so the team kind of doesn't just capture lessons learned, but we actually do something with it because I think that's quite often then. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm now, I've started, uh, <laughs> I started telling you about this new idea as if I'm trying to persuade you that it's good. That's not the point. <laughs> I'm working on something at the moment where absolutely, yeah, I did. I, I uh, wrote up a little written mm. proposal, then I did my presentation. Um, but I, with the first time, I literally, I think I just dropped a meeting invitation into my boss's diary and booked a meeting room and they turned up being like, what is happening here? And I was like, Ta-da! Here is yeah. my here is my presentation, <laughs> and yeah. um, uh, and luckily she liked it. <laughs> I Good. think generally, generally speaking, if you've got an idea for change, maybe butter them up first by sharing a written proposal. <laughs> always helps. Always helps. Yeah. So I mean, no. So sort of going with those, stepping through this process that we yeah. we do with you. So you know, obviously, you know, you, you've done your um, you got your idea. You've yep. gone to your boss and said, like, this is what I want to do. This is what I think can mm -hmm. actually make a difference to the company. What's the best way to create that change? Especially when, I mean, obviously, you know, this is a technically a bidding podcast. So yes. what's the sort of, um, you know, if you, we, take, we isolate a bid team, per se, in, 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 a, in an environment, and we say, right, we want to put change into this. Because, you know, I think the thing with bid people is that across the, all of them, there, there's this inherent love of process. Mm -hmm. um and mm -hmm. you know bid teams love a process let's let's be you know, realistic about it because that's what we're driven by yeah. um so if we're going to come in and challenge that process mm -hmm. how do you sort of create that initial um groundswell of support for it i suppose is a well so and this is 
this actually, I think, ties quite a lot back into your previous podcast around mm. um, psychological safety and its importance yeah. within a workplace. All of everything I'm talking about, I work in an environment where I feel I have psychological safety to challenge and to and to say I don't like this element of the process or I feel this element of the process. And if anyone listening is working within an environment where it's they don't have psychological safety, I think it is quite different mm. um, and it's nowhere near as easy. Um, so I'm just caveating. <laughs> what I'm going to say next by saying I am approaching this from a position of someone who feels capable of being involved yes. in change and 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 making difference I believe that the best way to make change happen is get as many people involved and emotionally invested not just involved as in they approve but involved they feel like it's something that matters to them something mm. that um they haven't just they haven't just listened to a presentation but they've actually had someone sit down and talk to them about it one trick um it's not a trick i'm not it's but one thing i like to do when i want to when i have an idea and i want to test it out and get people involved and get people emotionally invested in it is to ask people for advice and really listen genuinely listen to their advice um but also afterwards say thank you I think with your help I can make this work really yeah. get them involved it's not just it's I suppose it's more like shared ownership yeah absolutely it's you know it, it's and now speaking from sort of my, my side of the fence it's more I suppose it's more a case of you know you go I've got this brilliant idea what do you think and I suppose that how do you think we can improve it yeah plays a part to be part of it yeah um, I think that um, when we, a couple of, a few years ago at Mace, we developed a, a very structured process for bidding. And um, one thing that I really liked about that is that it is something that we were all involved in. We all worked together to create the documents. We all worked together to create this process and we all worked together to revise it um, every you know couple of years. And um, I found that being when because I didn't introduce that element of change I was more mm. a passenger on that uh, journey but I did find that when people in the wider business went oh what's this what's happening right now um me being able to say with absolute confidence like oh this is this is the kickoff stage of the bid or whatever and but because I knew about it not just I knew about it but I helped edit the documents mm. and 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 give advice and because I felt part of the process i didn't i didn't turn around to them and go like like sometimes when you work for a big corporation and they come up with new ideas and everyone just sits and goes well, i don't know about this and you go i don't know either <laughs> kind of thing instead of doing that when someone said oh what does this mean i was like oh well it's brilliant it's really easy and it's going to change the way we do things because of x because i understood it i had buy-in i felt part of the change in the process yeah. so um for me, when I, whenever I have a uh, an idea that I'm working on and I want to get, you know, uh, alterations within the team or how we work, I try to get as many people, not just um, approving of it, but feeling like they got to be part of it, feeling mm. like they helped me maybe develop the idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also, they you kind of need other people involved. It's <laughs> I, I I don't I don't say I, I don't I'm not being rude about anyone, but it's super rare that 
one individual was able to come up with the idea that no one else had ever thought about just like that do you know what i mean i, I, I think yeah i think i i think any idea in any way you want to change process is generally that you know you're always building on something that somebody's already done yes i'm not yeah you know, you know what i mean it's that sort of you know you've seen something similar over mm -hmm. there and you, you've picked it up and gone well actually if we change that that and that yeah this will actually be the better outcome from it so you're you're always progressively sort of these small incrementals and i, I always sort of say with our team is that you no know, we're you know because of like, hobs are a, a, a bid support team so we we help people write bids yeah. and you know we're not going to get them from um up to 70 percent but our our target is getting them from 75 to 80 or 85 to 90. now we're always talking yeah. five percent incrementals and i suppose really with um with what you're saying it's it's this way we we can spot up to opportunity and then pick that up and say actually that worked for this i know it's not the same but if we apply yeah. those principles to this then that actually might make a difference absolutely on the shoulders round. of giants on the shoulders exactly yeah no no I'm so <laughs> you no know, and i think you know i think one challenge of looking at it in your team in your bid team yeah is i suppose that's i want to say that's the easy option but it's probably not the easy option because you you're then with your peers and it's um it can be a challenge because you're you're all sat there going well we, this is the way we've always done it mm -hmm. when we take those ideas and like you said you you change the wider business and we start looking at actually doing business level um changes rather than departmental level changes yeah is there a fundamental change in difference in the way those work or is it very much uh, a build on a process i mean it has it has to be slightly different because with a wider business the way you relate to them it has to be it has to be different sorry yeah. let me uh i'm not sure i'm expressing that very clearly but when you're <laughs> working with a bid team yeah you are all in it together and mm. also someone can very clearly uh sort of say like oh i don't like this idea because they're speaking to you as an equal in a way whereas i feel that when you're working with a wider business it is very much here's an idea that we have developed what do you think please adopt it we'd really mm. like it if you actually work with us on this um it's kind of hard to frame um innovation um from within one department to another as anything other than please can you work with us on this <laughs> please don't just ignore this um, <laughs> especially if people have gotten used to a certain way of working they've got their they've got their series of bookmarks saved and that's how they contact people they've got their person within they don't follow the process for contacting the department they just get in touch with whoever they mm. work for years they've got their own way of doing things um so it has to be slightly different i suppose um and generally speaking i found that what has helped has been assuming that people who are resistant to change have good reasons for yes. being resistant um whether that's that i'm not necessarily good enough reasons to abandon the change but from their <laughs> perspective real reasons no one mm. no one hears change and goes i hate that they go oh that sounds difficult oh that sounds hard work oh my god but only last year i learned about this other way of doing things now you're changing it again like these are all reasons these are all reasons to feel 
that changes too much and if you kind of dismiss that without um engaging with people you run the risk of the change not happening at all yeah so, so yeah sorry go ahead no sorry, yeah. no so i'm saying i mean so sort of bridging that it, it's about you getting the, the buy-in from you know a wider audience yeah but it's a lot more tricky i suppose in some respects yeah. but I think um, by being honest and genuinely taking um you know i had someone turn around to me one time and say like this is he was like oh it's just every every six months it feels like there's another thing and another thing and he says how am i supposed to keep track of all this and um but he had a genuine feeling of like burnout and oh this is a lot you know he wasn't he wasn't dismissive of my change because he didn't like it or he didn't mm. like me or anything like that he genuinely felt tired and that's okay obviously it's not ideal for the change itself but the emotion the emotions may not have a good reason behind them but they're still valid emotions and i think it is it, it comes back to this thing that you no know, especially with change um we're dealing with people we're dealing with you know people's lives the way they, they actually act on a day-to-day -day basis the way that they mm. actually um um you know interact with each other i suppose so yeah. when, when we're looking at change it's not actually we're changing a process you know you could be changing something great more than that so mm -hmm. i suppose it, it, we have to take on board this the human element of it yeah um, Definitely. and make, make sure that's that sort of covered off so i mean that sort of segues nicely into into my next question is <laughs> what happens when people go no actually this is a really crap idea um it's always so overwhelming um well i think I will start by caveating and saying, like I said before, I don't know for our listeners what kind mm. of an environment they're approaching yeah. this from. If they're coming from uh, a deliberately challenging or difficult environment, then some of my advice is not necessarily going to be relevant. And I do think it's important that anyone who's kind of struggling with um, uh, they keep coming up against the same barriers, the same people who are barriers to change, to kind of think about why that is and think maybe some of what I'm going to say next may or may not be relevant. Um, I think my first my first bit of feedback, uh, my first bit of advice if what to do when people hate your idea is um, be humble. <laughs> maybe, maybe they have a point. People don't come up with, um, disagreements for the sake of it well sometimes they do <laughs> but <laughs> it happens sometimes people are challenging you not because they don't like your idea but because they do and they want you to succeed mm. um i've had you know people who are quite high up in the um within the bid team be quite challenging towards my ideas not because they don't like them but because they don't want me they don't want to set me up for failure they don't want to send me out with a half developed plan and a half developed idea so they they want to make sure i've got all my ducks in a row before they start backing me up so yeah. sometimes when people are coming back with criticisms it's because they want you to succeed may not always feel like that but um <laughs> it all it is important to kind of self-reflect and think is there even when you don't like the feedback is there some validity to it yeah of course you might do that and go no they are wrong <laughs> yeah. um 
then I find when people I've had situations where people have had you know instinctive dislike for ideas and they've just kind of dismissed out of hand um and I think sometimes also it's was there a failure in communication did I not express myself properly when I was talking to them I know you talked about this before in your psychological safety but sometimes when ideas fail it's because they weren't properly expressed so you know that's part of it but also it's helpful sometimes to engage with people and sort of say well how would you define success for this idea what do you if you don't think this is going to work right now what for you would be a success um story for this idea and kind of work out well what kind of how can we measure that and perhaps challenge them to say say well why don't i try the first ever or why don't i try doing it one time and we see if i can hit this measurable kind of uh a unit of success or uh, i do it for six months and we see how it works out so challenging people to define what your what success could look like can be helpful but also um genuinely like i said genuinely discussing the idea mm. of their problem issues and genuinely engaging with what their um problems might be like the guy i mentioned who said i feel like every six months there's something new i'm exhausted i kind of i really we had a really long conversation about what he wanted from um our team and what kind of what was creating delays and frustration for him and we actually worked out about halfway through the conversation it was because he was using um he'd got and it's difficult to describe whilst uh, still being respectful of his privacy but he'd got an old he was following an old process yeah. but trying to impose the new process onto it and he he created extra work for himself and actually by engaging with him and com having conversation he was like oh oh this is so much easier and i was like yeah yeah, that's what I, need to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean you know, i think it's um it's a really interesting topic. I think mean, is it safe to say mm. on this? Um, and there's a couple of things that are sort of it, it sort of resonate with me a little bit about actually how we deal with how we deal with challenges, how we deal with people saying actually no. But there's a couple of things you you said throughout this and the previous answers where it's this you know, this self reflection, this this you know, making sure you've got the right buy in, making sure you've done your homework for it. Mm -hmm. um, which I think is, that's the bit that's that sort of resonate with me a little bit more about actually making sure that what you've done is correct you've got your your boss's support on it or your director support whoever it is yeah. to actually drive this out because you need those stakeholders yeah. you need these people behind you saying no we are doing this for this reason and actually that communication aspect of it i suppose yeah. is king so we've all worked in companies where you've had change come out and nobody's actually told you the the why yeah um and you no know, people who know me will know that I completely and always bang on about this. It's the why do we do what we do? Because um, for me, it isn't good enough that it's that's the way we've always done it. I mm -hmm. like to challenge my guys internally and say like, well, why are you behaving like this? And, uh, and you know, with our sales team, is they've got a sale. It's like, well, why didn't you get it? Well, we didn't get the, you know, we didn't get the price right. Well, why didn't we do that? Now, how do we learn from this? And I yeah. think this is the continual sort of education piece. Yeah, and I, I think that when you talk about, when you explain the why to people, the majority of people are reasonable and want success, and well, they want to succeed, they want you to succeed, they want the business as a whole to succeed. Yeah. Um, so when you invite people in, when you respect 
their intelligence by discussing things with them properly, not just telling them, you get better results. Um, I've definitely found that when I've worked with um, managers who didn't just tell me to do something, but talked to me about what the situation mm. was, what was the context <clears throat> behind what was happening, um, I found myself being quite kind of, uh, almost feeling like it was important to support them in getting that to happen because I could tell what the pressure they were under. I was like, oh, I can help, I can help. Um, it kind of reminds me, and this is a slight digression, but I do remember when I was at school, you know, in schools they have a, um, an inspector come in and sit in the back of classrooms uh, once a year. And um, there was this kid in my class and he was vile. He was such hard work and I felt so sorry for the teacher having to deal with him. But I do remember the teacher we were in the week before the inspections and the teacher said to this guy he'd been like oh I think he'd done something like really awful like um uh he'd said something really inappropriate about uh, another classmate or something and the teacher went I need you to not do this when the inspector's here and the kid was like why not and he was like well because when the inspector's here if I if you cause trouble then I'm gonna have to explain to the inspector why I let you do that and it could impact my career I could get a really bad um, result and the kid kind of like listened and then apparently uh, I wasn't there for the day but I remember being told the next day that he walked into the classroom and went sir is that the inspector and the teacher was like yeah yeah that's him at the back of class and he went right gave him a wink walked over sat and was good as gold the entire desk, <laughs> hands clasped on the desk because he felt like he and the teacher had this connection this little secret they were doing it together he felt invested in my teacher getting a good result and i know it's not about bids or anything like that but i always think it's a funny story about getting someone on your side by explaining why it's important I and you know, I think the, anal the analogy is, is really, really good um, because you know it is about this getting people to invest in what you're trying to do. Um, and I suppose that always comes back then to the, the sort of the next one I've got for you is that you now we've gone through the process, so we, we've done the proposal, we've got the, the buying for the team, we spoke to all the team, we've invested it, and the idea hasn't worked. What do you do? <laughs> You look for the why. <laughs> you look for the why, yeah, okay. <laughs> I know, it's the same thing, but genuinely, like, there's usually there's usually a good reason, right? It's, yeah. um Sometimes the uh, reason is that you didn't prepare enough. Sometimes mm. the reason is maybe you need a bigger team involved or you need more people or you need someone's expertise to get it done. Maybe you need to talk to people and say, well, who's who's done something like this before? Who knows what they're doing? Who can I get involved um, that's going to create this change? Um, or perhaps if it didn't work, do you have any kind of data on it? So uh, after I did my first ever training session, I had feedback forms and I got my feedback. Oh, that was terrifying sitting there. Where, like, <laughs> And then after the uh, first hour, opening up the feedback the google form and going like oh phew it's positive oh, the feedback's positive I, yeah i mean i think we've all been there with feedback and it's, i think this is one thing that you you dread getting oh, um yeah. but i think it, it's you know you need that you know especially if it's honest feedback i think there's you no know, 
I mean, how many times have we all done a feedback form for a survey? And it, I think it all depends on what sort of mood you're in at the time or what experience you've had of a, a supermarket or something where you can go, no, they were, they were rubbish. They got me order wrong again. You know, and actually it's only the first time it's happened in, in 12 months. But it's, it's, the, yeah. it's this inbuilt human nature that... We focus on the negatives. We focus on the negatives. Yeah. So, it, so I suppose when we're looking at change and driving change forward and your first attempt at this doesn't succeed, is how do we then go around the whole team and go, well, actually, right, this didn't work. Do you go out and go, well, you know, guys, obviously this didn't work. This is what we did and this is what we're going to do to reflect on it. Now, how do you sort of manage that process? Well, I'm I'm very emotionally sensitive. I'm a very sensitive person, so I'll probably <laughs> cry a little bit in private first. That's okay. Having an emotional response to, um, and I'm not going to say failure, although I do think that, Failure isn't necessarily a, a stigmatizing thing, but I'm going to say a first try. Having a first mm. try that didn't go so well, it's totally okay to have an emotional response to it. And I think also having, rather than pushing that away or ignoring it, um, embrace it so that you can handle the emotions is always a good thing. You don't want to have this bitterness in there. But I think um, being honest about where you could do better is important. Lessons learned only work if you're honest. Um, you cannot. You cannot bring a lesson forward uh, unless you're prepared to engage fully with what you can do better. Because even if, you know, we've all had those bids where we've worked with really difficult people, but the end afterwards, you can acknowledge that, yeah, that other person might have caused problems, but you were also part of that team. What could you have done better mm. to change that? Um, we all play a role, even if we do our best, well, we always do our best. And sometimes you can't do better than your best, and that's fine. But you can always acknowledge, well, if I had done X, maybe that would have helped. Maybe next time I can do X sooner or better or differently. Uh, so I think being honest without um, punishing yourself is really important. It is a skill. It's not something, it's something I'm still working on. I don't think I've got it. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it, it, yeah, a, that's fair to say across a load of people. To be fair, I think it, it, you know, as as humans, and I'm going to globalise a little bit. I think it's the fact that we love positivity. We love people saying to us, you know, that was a brilliant idea. That worked really well. But actually, it's the the torrent of feedback you get when it's like that didn't work, and especially if you caused potentially somebody an issue because mm. of the change you put in it's yeah. it's it's reaping you know it's, it's recovering from that position i suppose in some respects yeah. absolutely um i think that you know i've been at May six and a half years mm. so i would have made mistakes because you can't do anything for six and a half years without getting something wrong <laughs> occasionally um yeah, okay. uh, it's it's it is something like I do think that's one of my biggest weaknesses actually is learning to be okay when I make mistakes to accept them and to um, grow. I definitely have a sort of an instinctive um, uh, desire to pull away from mistakes and to not not dwell on them too much because it makes me upset. Yeah. So I find that um, acceptance can be quite difficult but I also think it's so valuable that it's worth exploring mm. um even despite in spite of the difficulty there is because the first time you um explore your own setbacks or uh difficulties or mistakes is the hardest and then the second time is easier and the 50th time it barely even registers <laughs> by the 100th time you, your mistakes are so tiny because you've just 
you keep building and going and going. Um, I think, uh, yeah, they can be a lot to handle, but making mistakes actually gives you an opportunity to grow much faster and better than if you've been perfect from the start. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I spoke to some a few weeks ago. You said, no, no you, mistakes are learning exercises. No, yeah. it, it's it's you learn more from a mistake than you probably do from a success. Oh, I think it's, yeah. it's, it's easy way to say it. Um, yeah. So I don't think I don't think necessarily making a mistake is a bad thing. I don't think you know having when you put change into an organisation and when you you get it wrong. I think it's about actually owning up to you know this went wrong because of X Y Z. Feeding that back to the the people that's involved in it, yeah. and then challenging them to help you refine it. I suppose. Do you know, so this training um, sessions that I run, the first time I tried to make that happen, it didn't happen. It never actually happened because I um, I put it together, I did the proposal, and then uh, I, I just struggled to get it off the ground. I struggled to work out how we were going to deliver this, and there wasn't really a way to uh, engage with people properly to get people interested. So I never really thought about it but I guess I guess that was a failure the first time around mm. um and so I kind of put it to one side I kind of spoke to my boss briefly and told her I'm really sorry I just don't think I can get this off the ground um and she said well maybe sometime soon come back to it she she was like it's it's not central to your role so mm. just let that one go that's fine you tried and then um I think it was something like six months later someone got in contact with me because uh, I talked to them about it and said do you remember that idea you had um I actually think it would really tie in with something I'm working on and suddenly it built back up again and by that point we had a um a centralized infrastructure for training um that was much easier to sign up to and advertise mm. to people around the business so suddenly this step that I wasn't really sure about was much easier but also I was a lot better at my job by you know I had done in the six months I was a bit yeah, more knowledgeable it wasn't that I was um bad before it was I wasn't ready I was still mm. quite junior I'd only had a couple of years of experience and I was talking about trying to train people across the whole business who put many of whom would have been working in bids for longer than me just you know so having had that little bit more time um to grow as a person but also uh, well, having a little bit more time to grow as a person, having that infrastructure change that took away a barrier that I hadn't been able to work out how to overcome, but also having spent that time engaging with people beforehand, that meant that when they came around with something similar that was going to work with me, they got in contact with me and said, you know that, remember that proposal? Mm. I really liked it. I actually think you could get involved in this other thing I'm doing now. So, um, and I ended up working with him and we developed this um, training session together. Um, and it, it, it worked perfectly the second time around, so much smoother. So um, sometimes the mistake gets is what gets you there because you've already you've already done the groundwork you've already um put yourself out there you've got the statistics and you've got your little questionnaire results <laughs> <laughs> um and then second time you go around you've got the lessons as well that you learned from mm. the first time and you go okay i know that i stalled on this that's fine i'm gonna rev the engine way sooner up the hill that kind of thing <laughs> yeah, yeah love it love it love it um yeah so just to round things up a little bit i did have a question for one of my guys in the mailbag um Ooh. yeah it's always good it was nice when people would give us questions to ask you um and their their big thing was about actually how do you 
obviously we're coming to new new year yeah. we're coming to a new way of working and, and a you know and a whole new you know set of challenges for the, for the next 12 months or so what do you see how would you see change evolving how do you see um change becoming you know is it going to become more important in businesses is it going to become retain the status quo are we going to see departments potentially looking at change what do you what do you sort of see the way it's going to go i think just to really put you on the spot a little bit <laughs> well see i haven't prepared for this this is where things falls apart and it's i'm awkward. suddenly exposed as a <laughs> but i genuinely so i think change is speeding up i do think that there is um so studies statistics have been done on this the stuff that's being expected of people in the workplace is um far more demanding than it was 100 years mm. ago in the in the 1920s what you were supposed to produce over the course of a day is completely different to what you're supposed to produce now yeah. concepts of around um productivity uh and around well also globalization um the spread of globalization the fact that we're able to tap into the latest information so instantly and seamlessly uh has given us um a sort of sped up timeline yeah. change i think i think that the way things changed perhaps when i was a girl was a lot slower than it does now and you know i don't think it was that long ago that that was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean you know i've been embedding a lot longer than i care to remember um but i think the last sort of, especially the last sort of 15 years and more so the last five years we've seen huge amounts of change um and it's just interesting that with all this you know with, with people's way they work people how we interact with people and all, all, all the stuff that goes along with that it's you know is there only so much we can change i mean i'm not i'm not sure you know it's I, well i i genuinely think that uh, i read a I've read some very interesting um, books about this, but perhaps that's not the forum to go into it. But I, I genuinely <laughs> think that there is a lot of emails flying around mm. that are too fast for us to really comprehend what's happening. There's a lot of obligations on us. But I also think that certainly um, within the people that I interact with within the last two years, there's been a lot more talk about well-being. Yes, there's totally. Yeah, there's been a lot more rejection of the concept of I must be productive to have value. But instead, like, no, I have value inherently. I don't need to be producing. I don't need to be constantly um, uh, signed in. I don't need to respond to me uh, messages within 10 minutes. It's not necessary. I think that um, if we take anything from COVID, please let it be that well-being it's <laughs> the most important things in the world because we were all well not all of us but a lot of us were stuck at home certainly a lot of people within bid teams were stuck mm. at home thinking to ourselves wow i this is hard yeah being on our own is hard or this is this state of being is hard and i hope that we will take from it that change uh comes from within that well-being comes from within and that if we're going to prioritize anything over the coming years please let it be our mental and physical health i think so i think that's a a good way to end it and a good way to end the year to be fair um <laughs> absolutely so in summary nancy thanks a lot it's been an absolute pleasure as always um thank you we're, 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 we're aiming to get this out 
pre-Christmas. I think we're going to get them pre-Christmas, to be fair. So uh, I think it's you know, the last thing for me, for everybody, is to wish everybody a happy Christmas and a Merry New Year and be safe more than anything. Look after each other and be nice. And um, we will see you all back in January, we won't see, because it's a podcast. Yeah, we'll hear from you back in January. <laughs> um, we, we've got some amazing guests lined up for the first few weeks of January. So, um, yes, we're going to be back bigger and bolder than ever. So, um Thank you very much once again, Nancy, and um, have a good Christmas, everybody. Thank you a lot. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas, all. Bye.